Hi, this is Anthony. This is Jasmine. And we are The Last Day Old Supper. And we just watched episode six. And I'm assuming you did too. So you're probably feeling the same shit we're feeling right now. We like to go in order when we can. It's really hard to not just talk right about the ending. I don't know if we should try to keep it chronological. What do you think? I think we'll try. You know, I think let's try to start from the very beginning of the episode. I did take extensive notes, but then by the end, I did not have to take notes. I'll say that. Yeah. But um, I definitely wanted to talk to you during the episode in the beginning because... They went into Lori's origin story on joining the Guilty Remnant. And when they didn't say it yet, I wanted to go, this is why she... <laughs> because, yeah. as you pointed out, it was the girl from the beginning of the pilot. Yeah, like who, if, you, if you ever watched the trailer for the yeah, show... It's even in the original that trailer. Was, that was the trailer, was this woman putting her kid in the car, and then all of a sudden, silence. Kid stops crying, but the kid's gone yeah and that was just one of one of the departure scenes at the very beginning to show you know when certain states of when people left um so that um that woman is talking to Lori. uh Lori's her psychologist and while hearing this story she just goes full speechless which is re- you know obviously the first thing i thought was guilty remnant and then the woman even said at least the people outside in their white clothes and smoking who won't talk will at least write down answers to my questions because she could not give advice to this woman. Yeah, she said, what should I do? And Lori said, I don't know. And well, then, it took her a while to even say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, just, she just completely, like, just stonewall, like, she had to Dead set a eyes. Whole, whole life realization right there. Yeah. And then wash some white clothes and... What do I have to do with what she said to them? But, mm-hmm. um, well, before that, yeah. she took a bunch of pills. I did have this. I, I jumped ahead, but I did yeah. have. Whenever I'm a Rome instrumental, was amazing. There was a Metallica instrumental throughout it. Yeah. They showed you going in her closet, and there has to be a reason this show is obsessed with closets. Yeah. They always go into detail on a closet. They always pause for a second. It might be the whole skeletons in closet reference. Or... I think it's just a closet is something so personal. Like if you open up my closet, what's in there? And I don't want you to. I don't know why. I don't have anything to hide in my closet. Mm. But I don't want someone to open up my closet and see how I have my clothes arranged. That's a very personal part of everyone's life is, is how we get up every morning and go do our day. Yeah, I hide most of my mess in my closet. My apartment looks clean, but it's really just all in the closet. My closet is bare because I never put up any of my clothes. And and it because it's so bare sort of is, is the uh, sign that I'm too lazy to hang up my clothes. And it hides not a mess, but my greatest secret. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can get into that now or we can get into that later. But... Um, Lori, Lori, before she goes into her closet to find clothes for the guilty remnant, takes a bunch of pills. Right, tries to overdose. And tries to overdose and is going to be successful, writes a note, isn't sure where to leave the note, lays down to die, and then realizes she doesn't want to die and takes Epicac 
and vomits up the drugs. And then after that, she goes to the guilty remnant. And so we learn that Lori had a suicide attempt. And then after that suicide attempt, when one might say she was maybe at her wit's end or the lowest point in her life, mm-hmm. she turned to the guilty remnant. Definitely a life change like when she decided to keep her life. Yeah. She decided to go a whole different direction with it. Um, and then the song during the credits was called Suicide. It was by the Gravediggers, which was part of uh, the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. And suicide's a really sensitive subject. Um, yes. It's going to get really intense as we go more into this episode. Not a lot of television shows like to address suicide. Especially as, not like this. Not openly like this. If it, if it happens, it's something that happened as a plot mm-hmm. device, not the entire episode or perhaps the entire series as a whole addressing the very topic of suicide and why do we keep living and is there a purpose to life? So those are really big questions. Um, And of course, big questions are what Damon loves to talk about. Yeah. So we don't really see that a lot. Uh, The only other television show that I know of that has suicide in its opening credits is the TV show MASH, which at one point was the most watched television show on, yeah. on TV, and the opening tune is Suicide is Painless, so there are no, there are no lyrics, um, but uh, that is a song by Loudon Wainwright, uh, Rufus Wainwright's father, um, sings that song, and it is a song that contemplates the value of suicide. Um, so... That is definitely what this episode does. That's definitely what the series as a whole might be doing. But before we really get into that... um, There there were a lot of other things. I mean, I'm not trying to overshadow that storyline at all, but there was plenty going on. Um, They did did a, a time split where they showed you Lori at the farmhouse and how she got to the farmhouse, which was done perfectly. Some shows have screwed that up before, but yeah. But showing how she got there and while she was there in parallel, like it, it, it was pretty flawless the way they did it. Um, so the the show went into showing both how she was getting to Kevin and while she was at Kevin in, in a very good parallel. Um, originally, I noted Lori stole a car to find Kevin because I didn't know where the car came from because of the way they did the jumps. So that wasn't really it. Um, <laughs> When Lori and Nora were scoping out the women who rejected Nora, yeah, she gets bit by a dog. Yeah. So immediately you think of Dean. Yeah. And the dog spiracy, and you right. wonder if it's an actual thing, or if they're really just trying to get people to think about it, or if it's just a dog. Right. I, but I mean, it, it is just a dog. But well, I mean, in the show. Is it just a dog? And even if it's, and even if they never go into an actual thing with the dogs, they want us to think there right. might be a thing. Yeah. Which was very. So we see the dogs. Yeah. They're, they're in the highest levels of government, yeah. and they're <laughs> trying to prevent Lori from getting information about these two women who are potentially sending people to the other side or to their death. We don't know. Right. And then um, after while they're while they're kind of running uh, watch on the women, uh, that's when the the topic of the episode comes back up 
and Nora starts talking very bluntly about suicide. Yeah. And goes right into skydiving, uh, skydiving, scuba diving. Scuba diving. Jeez, I'm floored right now. Scuba diving is the ultimate, in her opinion, the ultimate way because you can't prove somebody tried to do something. It could have been an equipment malfunction. She gives a thousand reasons why. And Matt's in the car with her, says nothing at all. Matt is... Matt is a whole different person, and they didn't even try to dissect Matt in this episode. No. They were like, Matt's going to be calm. Maybe we'll get to that later. And maybe we might not even see Matt again after this, because ultimately what's happening in these two scenes is we're seeing Lori currently at the ranch house and then flashbacks to her with Nora, and they're scoping out these two ladies and where they're going, and eventually they find... The place where these ladies have something set up in these rigs by the ocean. Yeah. But, on and bef- the- but before that, Matt says that they should be wearing lab coats and they don't look like scientists. Because apparently scientists wear lab coats in their house 24 hours a day. Right. Because Matt's a very smart man. Yeah. Uh, I think that was just a, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was a, a, a moment of a, a very brief, One of the brief one of, small moments in this episode. Exactly. Um, and then... Nora is talking about suicide and is talking about how that would be the perfect way to go when you don't want anyone to know that you killed yourself is specifically that. Like, you just want to die and you don't really care about anything else. And I think maybe that's, in a lot of ways, the... um, the darkest form of suicide. I, I don't know what to say about that. I think we think about suicide, someone leaving a note, someone having something to say, and it being really dramatic. Um, but Nora's talking about just simply wanting everything to be over. And in a sense, that is the greatest part of suicide. That's the most important part of suicide, and that's why people do it. Um, and... I'm sure if you're listening to this week, you probably know that Chris Cornell killed himself yeah. in the middle of the week. So suicide's definitely been a topic um, in pop culture. It's something a lot of people are talking about. And uh, it just kind of seems that no matter where you are, if you want to die, the most important thing to you is that the pain that you're in be over. Um, so Nora is trying to find these ladies um, so that they can find out more about what they're doing. But Nora either wants to be with her children or she wants to be dead. Yeah. Seems to be... She kind of puts focus on both of those. Yeah. Like, there's a moment when she acknowledges that Kevin's gone to be with his father and says that that the seven-year anniversary is going to be a big day and you should be with your family. Right. Which, um, which Matt takes to heart later on in the episode. Yeah, he takes to heart later on the and episode. He and quotes and, her back to herself. Yeah, and so Kevin is with his dad and, and it's obvious that Nora wants to be with her family. And it's obvious that Kevin is at her family to her. Um, so that happens. Right. While, while that's happening, um, there was something that happened in this episode that I I genuinely never thought would be mentioned in this season at all. And I'm very shocked. And in the past, I think last week, I said, we will not know this. But she explained why the Frenchman set off the missile. 
That's true. I did not ever expect them to give us that. I think Damon knows that people are waiting for him to not answer questions, and he decided to just answer this one. He's answering really unimportant questions, Mm -hmm. like the man uh, who blew up the submarine because he thought there was a monster at the bottom of the sea. Right, which, which was a great theme because it was a line from the Bible that Matt immediately dismissed as hogwash, and then Nora snapped back quicker than any atheist ever could. Oh, so that's hogwash, but everything else is fine. And then right. Matt, and I think that was just old Matt creeping through because I don't even know if Matt's a religious man anymore. Yeah, who knows? He didn't defend. Once she snapped back at him, he kind of shrugged. Yeah, he didn't try to stand up for the book at all. He was just, like, "Oh, it's only it's only wrong when it's ridiculous." And he didn't really have anything else to say about that. Yeah, I mean, he, he you know he went into Matt preacher mode, and then once there was a confrontation, he just stopped. He didn't even try to. Um, and then when we're cutting back and forth, um, another note that I that I put was uh, was um, something that Kevin Senior said that made me laugh pretty good. Um, when the, a cop came to the house to find out about Chief Kevin, and um, he didn't at first we thought he might have killed him. Yeah, but we he saw just do. Yeah, but he just you know knocked him out and wants to ditch him somewhere. But he <laughs> he did refer to him as Officer Koala Fart, which. <laughs> Again, one of the three Again, funny lines. A small morsel of humor. But but based on how deep this episode was, I did write down Officer Qualifart, so I felt like that needed to be brought up. On Acknowledged. The yeah. Um, so back in back in the house, um, Kevin Senior um, described the dinner as the Last Supper because it's the night before, mm-hmm. and uh, started naming apostles. Uh, Thing. Which is something we discussed before. Yeah, we were actually talking about how most of the names in the show are biblical. And um, he starts assigning names to people, and he gives Lori Doubting Thomas, which was very accurate. Um, but then she clips back Judas, and... And her tone changes. Her tone changes. She because becomes she's incisive. An ama- she's an amazing actress. It has to be... It's always been, but this episode really reminds you. Like how strong of an actress she is, and her demeanor changes when she says Judas, and then and then all of a sudden people start passing out because, as she learned from Kevin Senior, the dog's medicine is much stronger than a human portion of medicine, and she took that advice and drugged the food and knocked everybody out um, for kind of an odd reason when you go down to the end of the episode because she said she did well, Kevin, you know. We actually didn't even talk about this because there's so much other stuff. They asked Kevin to kill himself right. to see if he if that has any if he can go back and talk to the dead. Well, specifically, um, he needs to talk to Christopher Sunday. Christopher Sunday. I always and forget he needs his name. To talk to this lady's children to find out where they left their shoes. Right. It's it's and more other, of a prove it, your show your work like prove you can. Yeah. Prove you talk to these dead people. Give us some stuff that you couldn't know. Well, the dad just is crazy and thinks that Christopher Sunday knows this song. Is he crazy? Um, Yeah, he's actually crazy. We have two more episodes to find out how sane that man is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So he has to go die and talk to some dead people for some truly ridiculous reasons. Um, And so Lori drugs everybody so that she can have a moment with... Kevin, and we all think that she's going to try to convince him not to do this. Right. And and that's a, 
and now now I have to skip to the Lori part just because of this conversation. But at the end, Lori presumably takes her life. I mean, I'm ninety percent sure. But the way the show is, it's it's a little hard to say a hundred percent. But the confusing part to me was she's been spending the better part of this season trying to disprove the people who believe it in a religious aspect, and now. Not that she's the type that needs to see if she's right or wrong, but now she's not going to know. And it also reminded you how important Kevin is to her still, because she wanted to talk to Kevin last and not her current husband, John. That's true. She drugs her husband and leaves him asleep on the floor. Right. And not so not you know, not with the intent of killing, but she knew they'd be no. knocked out till tomorrow. Yeah, she wanted him to be asleep so she could say goodbye to Kevin and and when she says goodbye to Kevin, she really isn't trying to change his mind, though there are a few power plays here. She gives him the lighter that yeah. was given to her by their daughter. And he even says, don't you forgot this? And the inscription on the lighter is, don't forget me. Exactly. Which was kind of a, a double on Tondra even then, because don't forget the lighter and don't forget the person who gave you the lighter. Yeah. And but. so... But, but during that, they did a full-on confessional where they started spilling the beans on anything that the other didn't know about their relationship. Yeah, this really is goodbye, yeah. you know? Which fully reminded you that Kevin did not know that she was pregnant during the departure. Yeah. There are, there are times that you think that he already knew that, but this, this proved that he didn't know that. No. And he said he didn't want to have another kid, but he did pause because two days before that, he told Nora he did want to kid so he maybe he was lying maybe he was answering it based on the time well i think at the time in their marriage they didn't want to have another kid i mean he during the departure he was having an affair literally yeah and she disappeared out from under him yeah in the pilot and so um you know in their marriage at that time no they probably didn't want another child and kevin doesn't know what he wants right now at all um, and so, um, Kevin is, um, is, has decided that he's going to let this woman drown him so that and he can he go to the side. he almost seems excited about it. And isn't nervous at all. She, Lori yeah. asks if he's nervous. He says no. Quite the opposite. He said he never felt more alive. Yeah. Than the, when he was in, some call it purgatory, when he was in the hotel. Is the only thing you can say for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so she tells him that Nora's gone. Nora has either gone to the other side or has killed herself. And really, they're they're the same thing. To uh, some. To some in this show. Not to everybody. Not to everybody. I mean, it depends on what you think is on the other side. But... Anyway, you cut this, um, you know, your life on earth is over. It, it really depends. On it really depends on, on, on who you're asking. And, and Lori is discussing so much in the episode how much people don't want closure. Right. When it comes to talking about And then Nora party. flat out said, I do. Yeah. And, and they, they had, I know it seems like we're kind of glossing over their moments because there was so much in the episode, but their conversations in this episode were, were so strong. Yeah. And actually, when Kevin asks if Nora is gone, she doesn't answer directly. She says, we're all gone. And 
one of the reasons I thought, and now we'll never know the answer, when Kevin, uh, I'm sorry, when Nora says, let Kevin know what happened to me, and she says, give me a dollar, and then she ends up giving her cigarettes. To me, that was, I'm your doctor, because she even said, I'm your doctor now. And then doctor-patient confidentiality, she can't say shit. Yeah. But that doesn't matter anymore. But it mattered in the, in the moment. Yeah, Lori is definitely true to her her profession. Right. And she would never break confidentiality. So yeah. she can't say where Nora is, and she won't. Well, she can't now. Yeah, she can't now. But in that moment when Kevin asks her, she gives an answer that is that is the truth, mm. but not the truth, you know? And so... Uh, she says goodbye to him. He says goodbye, Nora, and she says goodbye back. And in that moment, she is both Nora and herself. Right. And you realize that the real relationship here was definitely between Kevin and between Lori. Nora had a relationship with Kevin, and it didn't mean nothing. But when push is coming to shove at the end, they're not together. And they don't say goodbye to each other their last words to each other were a heinous fight in yeah. a hotel room. Um, and then we move to the final scene, which is Lori booking a scuba trip and taking a phone call from Jill. Right, which is obviously as soon as I mean, watching the episode, as soon as you see her putting Scooby uniform on, your jaw drops and you're not yeah. watching the show. But then when she talks to her daughter, I was like, oh, wow, this is why she doesn't do it. Still does it. Oh, yeah. I felt so sure she was going to chicken out. I was so hoping she would chicken out. Um, But Because she chickened out in the beginning of the the episode when she changed her mind and made herself throw up and all that. Right. But it was because she wasn't sure. And she talks about Judas and being sure. And she's sure now. And that's the most crucial part of taking your life is just knowing that no matter what happens, that you don't want to be alive anymore. Right. It's not something you're doing, like, you know. and It's with, not, not a plot without twist. The it's right. not a plot twist. It was device. a genuine thing. It's the end of a story. And so she takes a call from Jill, um, tells her children that she loves them. They don't know what she's about to do. They don't even know she's in Australia. Yeah. And she dives into the water, and that is... The last scene, and you hear the waves and the credits start to roll. And this show is now talking about suicide in a way that, frankly, I never thought it would. I started watching the show in the fall of 2014 um, when the show started airing. And I had attempted suicide that October, and that's my greatest secret. Uh, And so the greatest secret you find when you open my closet is that my clothes aren't put up because when I get ready in the morning, I don't go to my closet. I get up every morning and I think, oh my God, I have to do this again because I'm someone who struggles with suicidal ideation. And so I've been watching the show from the beginning and it's been putting a lot of words to what I feel every day. And 
after watching the first season, I decided not to kill myself. And I decided to go and work for an organization that I felt had something to do with with acknowledging the most horrible part of living. And so I went to work for a cancer charity um, where I could face death and the most horrible part of life all at once every single day. And surprisingly, I was at my most healthy for most of the time that I was working for that charity because being connected with what I find to be the truth was really important to me and it really helped ground me in the way I think that members of the Guilty Remnant felt connected to the truth when they were part of the Guilty Remnant. Um, And so I felt sure that this show was trying to talk about suicide in a way that found suicide to be not the solution. But as we get closer to the end, it seems like there is no other solution because we're all going to die, whether we want to or not. Unfortunately, we don't have a, a choice grand scheme for this. The show definitely tackles a lot of issues. Um, some of them some of them will hit home for others more than others, and uh, we usually don't talk about the episodes after, and we kind of didn't this week. We still stayed pretty true to it. Um, but you did comment, and I agreed, that um, you understand why, when, why some people can't watch the show. Yeah, the show really isn't for everybody. It's a hard sell, and not just because of ratings or anything like that, but it tackles issues that some people just don't even want to think about and some issues that people can't relate to. And it gets, I think it gets deeper than almost any show, um, the way that it breaks things down and the way that they focus on the fact that you're not going to get an answer to every question you have, which is very true to life and everything else where you'll, you'll know what you need to know. And you can't, you know, in, in this age of information where knowledge is everything and, you know, while watching the episode, you can go, what song is that? And you can even just point your phone at the screen and it'll tell you. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're going to know everything. And some people can't deal with that. That's why so many, I think a lot of people don't watch this show because they hated Lost because they expected it to be like a traditional show where all questions were answered. And that's clearly not what Damon does. And um, it's I think it's more true to life than most writing. Yeah, I mean, I think the purpose of this show is to ask a bunch of questions and answer as many of them as life could answer. And life doesn't really answer a lot of questions, and that's probably why people kill themselves. Because we don't know what's around the corner. Yeah, I mean, you you can't look into the future and go, oh, things get better. Like you, it's, it's an unknown. It's always an unknown, and and that's something that you know it can affect people in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So. So in our world, we often say it gets better, and maybe it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it does, and hopefully it does. Does it get better in the leftovers? We've got 
two episodes left after this. Yeah, and they're building up to dunking Kevin. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Kevin's not going to live. And we talked earlier about Nora. Nora is featured in the beginning of the season. Um, in the, like in a scene from the future, but we know from what happened in this episode that Nora is attempting to end her life or join her children or, or somewhere in between those two things. So we don't know if Nora is dead. Uh, we don't know if we'll see her again or not. Um, but we know that Kevin is trying to die and come back to life, but. He's not in Miracle anymore. And we don't know what the rules are. If Kevin can come back to life or not. And something between everything that's happening. The departure and Kevin's ability to come back to life. um, More than once it seems. um, Is that it's somewhere between magic and supernatural and something else. We don't know what the rules are. We don't even know if it was supernatural what caused the departure. Yeah, the the and the ways that Kevin died it it's they're almost to the point that they can be argued like when he was poisoned and buried, like you can be medically dead for hours and come back. It's true. So I, and I mean if that was the only quote unquote supernaturalish thing in the show it would be something that, you know, you could potentially argue and go, did he die? But being that this is a show about 2% of the world completely disappearing in front of people, it's a little hard to say that everything's going to be based in realism and have an answer. This is definitely about magical realism. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely about how do we explain the departure, but we have no way of explaining it. So we don't know if it gets better in this series, but we know that Lori's probably dead. And that Kevin's probably going to die too. And they're leaving behind their children and the rest of the world. Because in this show, we assume that the world is going to end. But do we even have a realistic reason to suspect something like that? The number seven is such an yeah. arbitrary number. It, it all, And that all came from religious scripture, which is half the conversation in the show. Right. And is religious scripture even worth anything? Was it ever pointing towards anything? The departure is such a random act that it, if it was religious, could easily have nothing to do with any of the established religions being practiced on earth when it happened. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, religious beliefs on the, like the whole Left Behind book and stuff like that where they think that, you know, God will choose who gets to go. And, you know, the, the whole rapture, quote-unquote, departure in this show. So it's, it's, a, it's a testament to religion, but there also could be a science reason, which they've they brought up a little bit in season two before they moved to Texas. And then it came back full force to literally the end of the episode when Nora's there saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out. And, I mean, she could show up with a gun and say, my turn or who knows if she's going to try to hostage her way in it's all very this is one of the hardest shows to try to predict what's going to happen because again last week I would have bet money that they would never tell us why that French guy set off that missile and they said it in such a casual 
in a heavy conversation, but it just was like one of the most casual lines in the conversation. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the heaviest show I've ever seen. And uh, if you're listening, you watch it. So you're, you're feeling the struggle with us. And you probably have friends that you've tried to recommend this to. And my suggestion is if they watch a couple episodes and they say they can't deal with it, I wouldn't push them. Yeah, at this point, yeah. knowing that this is where the show goes. I mean, clearly, I love the show. It's not a mark on the show. Right, I, I love this show. It's still my favorite show on television. And probably will hold that title for the rest of my life, if not a really long time. Um, Until Damon's next project. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Although, honestly, can he top himself? I don't know. People didn't think he was going to top Lost. Yeah, that's fair. And I think he did. Yeah. All right. Um, so that that was uh, episode six. That's episode six. We have two more of these to get through. Only two more. One next. Yeah, I, I believe they're they're straight through. Yeah. And HBO usually doesn't skip on holidays, so it's probably next weekend. But, yeah. But um, we'll we'll be talking to you after the episode and, and and struggling through it with you. Yeah. All right. You thought we were done, but um, bonus material because we were talking about. A spot that I forgot to write in my notes because, again, the last few minutes of this episode were so intense. Um, but Lori's daughter mentions that it's the day of the departure right? When because of the time difference. Lori's about to jump in the water and take her life. Uh, her daughter, Jill, calls her and is like, are you alone on the day of the departure? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm just hanging out. And it's the day of the departure in the United States. Which we were thinking about. We were like, well, if it's October 14th in the United States, it's October 15th. So it's the day after the departure. But that's not how the departure happened. The departure happened all at once. And there's even a moment a couple episodes back where Kevin is like, oh, fuck, I forgot that it's October 15th in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, um, When the departure happens. So I guess that's something to like be mindful of is that... Lori takes her life on the day of the departure, but the day of the departure is a few hours ahead right. in Australia. Yeah, so, so it could have been the middle of it. It could have been nine, ten at night. I, I honestly don't remember any clues and I'm saying what time it was. It was just brother and sister talking about a nostalgic TV show. Right. It was such a casual thing. Yeah. And they're not taking the day of the departure seriously either. Well, neither of them... Well, well... Which the son, the son was really. I mean, with Holy Wayne, and he was fully in. Yeah, the son was fully. He in. tapped out. Yeah, the the kids are not taking the day of the departure seriously, which really goes back to what we were discussing during our episode of the podcast. What we were talking about is seven years really significant, and so I guess something we really need to be mindful of is next week we're going to see the day of the departure because we've already seen it. And nothing was happening. There was a man driving a boat for a lady to go scuba diving. That's how innocuous the day of the departure could possibly be. Yeah, it, it, it was something that I noticed. Didn't write down, obviously, because of the gravity of what was happening with Lori. And then, you know, we were, we were just discussing, oh, yeah, you know, we talked about this, this. And then I said, oh, I should have mentioned this. And we realized we need to turn the microphone back on. Um, especially if there's some big to-do next week about time zones. Yeah. And then we can prove to all our many, many 
many listeners that we mentioned <laughs> it ahead of time in this week's episode. So we're definitely going to pop these few minutes on in the end as bonus material. But time zones play an issue. Kevin Senior did say, oh, shit, it's the 15th here. Um, one thing that I'm sure was said over and over in this show, and I don't think you remember it either, based on the conversation off mic, is what time the departure happened. Yeah, I don't know what time it happened. It was daylight. It was daylight in America. In New York yeah. when it happened. But Australia is 17 hours ahead mm-hmm. of uh, Central American time. Uh, like U.S. Central time. Yeah. So it would be 16 hours ahead of Eastern New York. Time, yeah. Uh, Eastern time, so yeah, I it could guess, have been the middle of the night in Australia. Like I don't, I'm not, I don't have all the math in front of me, but 16 hours it could it could still be daylight just the next day, yeah, depending on what time of day it was. And I'm Can sure. You imagine how confusing that would be for the departure to happen in the middle of the night and to like wake up and your partner not be with you or your kid not be in bed. Yeah, I, I mean, Damon, since you listened to this, change the intro for episode seven. To what the departure looked like in Australia time zone wise with the disappearing people, just you know, just when you get a second, just change the intro and and show us how it happened in Australia because yeah. I, I wish I can remember the time, the exact time. Not that it would matter too too much, but um, and the kids were so like you said, the kids were so cavalier about it, going, "Oh hey, what are you doing?" As if like somebody who just stays home for their birthday, like, "Oh, you're not celebrating, you're not with someone." No, I'm just by myself. It was very casual. Yeah. And, you know, the show's not afraid to do time jumps because clearly she was talking to Kevin the night before because Kevin Sr. mentions Last Supper and all that stuff. Yeah. And then they just cut to her daytime and, at the you know, until the daughter mentioned something about the day, I didn't even think twice about, oh, she's out on the water during the day. That's the next day. That's the day of. Mm-hmm. Didn't even cross my mind. But it's definitely something to think about for next week. So, yeah, just wanted to address that and make sure, you know, if it was something that you didn't notice, then maybe we helped the you out a little bit for next week. more and more fucking intricate, man. Yeah. And, yeah, we'll turn the mics off now and then we'll pop them back on, but probably not. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Good luck, guys.